Hello, hello, this is Jonathan and you're listening to the Johnny Talks Podcast, the place where we help you achieve your financial goals. Hola amigos, hope you're having a great day wherever you are. And if you're a new listener to the show, special warm welcome to you. I really appreciate you tuning into the show. And if you're a returning listener, welcome back. I appreciate it even more. In today's episode, we will speak to my friend Debbie Arcangelis from The Offbeat Life. Debbie started her online side business in 2017 and has been able to leave a 9-to-5 job that was not the right fit for her. Today, she hosts her podcast, The Offbeat Life, where she shares inspiring stories with her location-independent and digital nomad guests. We will talk about her story, why she started her podcast and online businesses, although she was in a good professional situation. Debbie will also share the mistakes she made so you can avoid them, and she will provide excellent tips to start working on your online business. And spoiler alert, it is hard work. (laughs) This episode is for you if you are ready to create more freedom for yourself by starting an online business. So without further ado, let's hear the interview. Hello Debbie, how are you doing today? I'm great, John. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Yes, uh, fantastic, and I'm excited to speak to you too because... We will speak about leaving uh, one's nine to five to live from your passion and uh, maybe even a location independently. So that's, uh, I think, quite exciting and appealing to some of the listeners. I mean, uh, a lot of them. And uh, so, Debbie, maybe let's start with the beginning. So um, what are you doing today? I think you, you host the Offbeat Live podcast. What else? Yeah, absolutely. So as you mentioned, John, I am the host of the Offbeat Life podcast, where I interview travelers who ditched their nine to five to become remote entrepreneurs. And I help them build their brand and income before they even leave their day job. Mm -hmm. And I'm also the founder of howtocreateapodcast.com, where we help individuals start, grow and really monetize their podcast. So those are my two projects, my two businesses that I've been able to do because of my show. Mm, excellent. And then, uh, of course, I'm interested in this um, leaving nine to five and in your story, in your personal story, Debbie. So because it uh, it all started with you moving to the U.S. at a young age, but it was not all that rosy at first. Can you guide us a little bit through your uh, your childhood, maybe? Yeah. So I was born in the Philippines in a tiny little town that most people probably have never heard of. (laughs) And uh, like most immigrant families, my mom left because we needed to create income. There was just Mm -hmm. not a lot of income there. So I was raised by my dad. My mom came here to the United States. And when I was around nine or 10, she was finally able to bring us to the United States. And that's when our life completely changed. I had to learn a new language. I had to really adapt to the culture. And it was pretty hard in the beginning, Mm -hmm. like it is for most immigrants. You know, you pretty much leave everything behind to do something completely new. And like most immigrants, you know, I don't feel like my story is unique in that sense is that we were brought up to really get a good education, get a good job. Then when you retire, that's when you have fun, right? Mm -hmm. That's kind of like the American dream. You have fun two weeks out of the year or four weeks. But I was always a rebel. You know, I didn't really do what most um, my parents wanted me to do. I was a creative. I thought I was going to do what they wanted me to do. And I stayed at a job for a very long time for uh, at least for me, it was around seven years. I was a therapist 
And I just couldn't do it anymore. I was having panic attacks every four months regularly. And one day I was talking to my boyfriend, who's my fiance now, and he was just like, you need to stop this. This is not healthy for you. Mm -hmm. And he actually introduced me to podcasting. And that's when everything clicked for me. I was like, I want to be someone who can work from anywhere. I want to have freedom. I want to have location independence. And I want to learn from people who are doing this properly. And that's how my podcast started. And then within a year and a half of starting my show, I was able to leave it to do it full time. So mm -hmm. it was definitely not an easy road. I had three businesses before these, the ones that I have now that failed. <laughs> ah, um, okay. And I learned a lot from that. So it's not an easy road. It didn't come overnight. The mm -hmm. success that I had was definitely not an overnight one. Okay, very good. I, I like to hear those failures. We'll talk about that a bit later. Uh, first, I would like to go back to, um, I mean, your teenage years, let's say, more on the topic. I mean, you said, yeah, follow the career, what my parents said I, I should follow. Uh, I want to ask you about uh, maybe the mindset that you had around money uh, when you were a teenager or even a child. Yeah, I mean, what was your uh, idea of money? Is that Was that something you need to work hard for or, uh, yeah, please uh, expand. <laughs> For me, I was surrounded by, by individuals, my mom and my dad's family, who worked extremely uh -huh. hard, right? I, you, you know, my parents, I'm an only child, but I wasn't, I didn't grow up being given money. I worked, I started working when I was about 13 years old uh, because my parents wouldn't give me money. They really wanted me to learn mm -hmm. how to really earn the money and what the value of money was really about. Uh, so I, I grew up knowing that in order for me to have money, right, I needed to earn it myself. Mm -hmm. So, and I was surrounded by really hardworking people. I mean, these were the people who pretty much had nothing in the Philippines, um, and came here who became engineers and in the health field and, um, entrepreneurs. So I think I had a really great, um, environment just to see what hard work was, mm -hmm. but I didn't really um, think about money as something that I could also have fun with, right? It was yeah. just something to do so I could feed my family, I could survive. And that was where my money mindset came from. I, I really had that shift when I started having those panic attacks. I was like, this is not healthy. I don't want to be unhappy for the rest of my mm -hmm. life just yeah. to earn a living. And then I, I said to I know my my parents and my whole family worked hard for us to come here to the United States, but I don't think deep down they would want me to be unhappy either, right? Because yeah. there's so many opportunities here that it would be a waste for me to do something that I hate and mm -hmm. to have all this opportunity. Okay, I see. And, and then you said you mentioned those panic attacks. So um, what happened exactly? I mean, why did you have this uh, anxiety, this... Uh the situation because you were not doing something you liked or uh, you, you you thought you were pressured into doing something that somebody else wanted for you? It was both. It mm -hmm. was really both. I knew that I needed something that was more creative because I've always been a yeah. creative person. Even when I started that job that I had for quite some time, I was a photographer. I traveled all over the world as a photojournalist and I started different businesses that were creative, but they just never worked out. 
Right. Mm -hmm. And I knew I needed to be somewhere creative. And I was at that job that paid really well. And this is a thing that I think bothered me the most is that it was a job that I really had nothing to complain about. My coworkers were great. What I was doing was good. My bosses were incredible. So there was a sense of guilt, right? And feeling Mm -hmm. like, what am I complaining about? Like my family worked so hard. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And that's what I was thinking, like, and that's what made me panic. I was like, what is wrong with me? What's wrong Mm -hmm. with my life now? There's nothing here that's bad. And it made me feel really guilty. And like you said, John, like feeling ungrateful. But I had to come to a place where I was like, it's okay to not be okay with this and to do something about it. And that's where everything really clicked for me. Okay. And then you started to yeah, I'm interested in those failures or the the business you started that didn't take off. So then you started to venture into, I mean, to try uh, different avenues. So what did you start and what went wrong, actually? Yeah, absolutely. So I did a few different things. One of the things that I did, so a lot of different learning experiences for me by trying those different businesses. So, so I started a business where I was selling um, jewelry online. And the problem was I was just interested in photographing them, right? And Mm. I didn't know how to market it. I didn't even know who my ideal audience was. So I really had no idea how to market that business. It was just all about creating, oh, this is a really pretty jewelry. I'm just going to photograph it. And hopefully somebody comes and buys it. And Mm -hmm. when I did that, I think I only had one sale and that was it. (laughs) after like spending so much time and creating all this content, like there was literally nothing that came from it. And then the other business that I had, it was all about money. It was like, this is not anything creative. I'm not interested in this. All I care about is the money. So we actually made money in that business. But the problem was, was that I was not passionate about it. Mm -hmm. So then I started getting bored and not wanting to be in that business anymore. So it fizzled, right? It, it almost sounds like your uh, your job, actually, which you kind of left. Exactly, exactly. So what I learned from all of these mistakes is that I can't do one or the other, right? I can't just be creative the whole entire time and mm-hmm. it can't just be all about the money all the time. Now, the reason why the businesses that I have now works is because I was able to combine my passion, things that I actually like to do and learned how to create systems, learned how to market and monetize my business. So when I was able to combine both, then that's when the magic happened. That's when I started creating income, making it more consistent and actually making this a business, right? Instead of just a hobby or something that fizzled right away. Okay, because now you're doing the podcast, but where's the photography in that? So as a creator, as a podcaster, you have to create content outside of just your audio, right? So Mm -hmm. we have websites, we have social media, we do photography for all of that. And I also work with brands that we deal with photography and other content creation outside of just podcasting. Mm -hmm. Okay. And what would you say? I mean, what is your main now um, income stream then? Where do you get your money from? 
Yeah. So we have multiple streams of income and I really love that because then I could be creative in different ways. So we do income from first brand sponsorships. We work with different companies who want to be a part of our podcast, who sponsor our shows. Then we also have clients that work with me who want to start their own podcast, right? Or want to leave their nine to five and we help them through that journey uh, to make sure that what they're doing is the right thing for their content. And mm-hmm. also for their business and also affiliate programs that we do. And all of that stuff really comes together. Um, and it has allowed me and my business to to create the income that we need to make it sustainable. OK, that's great. And I, I heard on your podcast that you okay, you, you now have built a team with uh, five persons, I think. So that's uh, that's quite great. So it's it's grew really to a small company. So it's uh, it's excellent. And Debbie, of course, the listeners may have other dreams or passions. How would you say they um, they need to find their purpose? I mean, how can they how can they turn their passion into a business? And for them, maybe it's not podcasting, but it can be opening an online shop or something. But what is the process someone needs to go through? The process is trying things out to see if it's actually something that you like to do, Mm -hmm. right? Because it's one thing to just read about it, ask for advice, and it's another thing to go in there and to actually do it. You're not going to come out unscathed. There's going to be things that's going to happen. There's going to be failures. There's going to be mistakes. But those are the things that are actually going to allow you to grow further and it's going to allow you to learn what to do and what not to do. So if I didn't fail those three businesses that I had, I would not be succeeding in the business that I have right now Mm -hmm. because I wouldn't know what to do when the opportunity, the right opportunity actually came. So Mm -hmm. just go take messy actions, start trying things out and see if it's actually what you want to do. Yeah. And um, in one of your uh, interviews, I think, or maybe just a solo episode, I think you mentioned something, which I am doing, actually. It's to start your business while you are uh, working full time, actually. Yes. So I started all the businesses that I had before leaving my nine to five. I only left my nine to five a year and a half after I started my podcast and when my podcast started creating income. Yeah. So this leaves then you the, um, I mean, for the listeners who... Who want to be interested into uh, exploring opportunities? I mean, it's just a risk factor because then you can fail. <laughs> you can because you still have your uh, day job income, and then you can fail on the side. It doesn't matter too much. So you can. Like, that's the perfect timing to actually throw spaghetti at the wall and uh, and try what works for you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, you really have nothing to lose, right? And mm-hmm. it's the best time. The best time to try these things out is when you're still in your nine to five. Very good. And then I had a question because on your podcast, many people come and they say, this is how I left my nine to five. I did this and that. And uh, I think there are quite a number of stories because you produce, what, three episodes a week. But it's um, is leaving the nine to five, uh, do you think that's for everyone? I don't think it is. I think mm-hmm. there are a certain type of people that are entrepreneurs and certain type of people who should stay in their nine to five. But what I do promote is freedom, right? So Mm -hmm. you could still stay at a nine to five, but still work remotely. If that is something that you want to do, obviously, again, that's not for everyone. That's why our podcast is niche to people who want to work remotely, right? 
So it's definitely not for everyone. It's just, again, actually trying it out to see if it's right for you and if it's not right for you, because you can still work remotely. You can still have freedom working for a company who's going to allow you to work remotely, or you're someone who likes to build their own business um, and then create that freedom for yourself as well. And do you have any particular tips on making money? For somebody that does not do podcasting, for example, somebody says, look, I'm passionate about pottery, I'm inventing something, and I want to sell stuff, or I want to just talk about it, or maybe another topic. What would, you, what would your tips be to start a blog or something, and how can you monetize that? Yeah. So whatever it is that you're interested in, mm -hmm. it's all about creating and building a brand for yourself and making yourself an authority in that field. Now, the reason why you want to do that is because you want others to see you as someone as their go-to for that specific topic or niche, whether it's a product that you're selling or if it's a service that you're offering, right? Mm -hmm. So you want to make sure that you're putting yourself out there, you're showing up and you're really omnipresent. So putting yourself either in social media or you create a website or if you have products that you're selling. Again, it's just putting your content and your services out there. Okay. So you really need to be on social media and all these things then. So it doesn't need to be social media, but it needs to be in a platform that you can showcase your work or your service and you need to be consistent at it. And you really need to build yourself up as an authority in that specific topic mm -hmm. or that product. That, that's, um, of course, it's, it's building a business, so it takes time. Huh? And uh, I was wondering as well, because I think you struggled with that yourself, is when you have a job, a full-time job, nine to five, and sometimes, of course, you have deadlines and stuff. But how do you do that on the side? I mean, how do you organize your time? Because it's, it's quite demanding. How did you do it, for example? I worked my butt off. <laughs> <laughs> There's really no secret to this. It's mm. like I worked in a job where it was very, very demanding physically, mentally. And I would work eight hour days. I would come home around five or six o'clock at night take time to eat dinner, mm -hmm. um, give myself an hour and I would be working another five hours. So I barely had any sleep. My weekends was all about work. I had to make sacrifices. Mm -hmm. Some of them were not the right sacrifices because it took a toll on my personal relationships. But at the end of the day, it's just what you are willing to do, right? Because the balance is going to come, but sometimes the sacrifices has to come in the beginning. So you just need to make sure that you're working and you're doing it consistently, even if you're doing your nine to five. I mean, for me, that's my experience. Like there was no, there's really no secret to it. Unless of course you can hire other people. That's, you know, that could be doable for you if you have some income that is disposable when you're in your nine to five. Maybe you can hire someone to do some tasks for you. But if not, then it's really up to you and it's really on you, right? If this is really the dream that you want, then you need to, to make some sacrifices to make it work. Mm -hmm. It sounds tough, but then of course now today, uh, how, how does your work life look like or your work day? Sorry. How does that look like today? Yeah. I mean, I actually just made a post about this, you know, when before I left my nine to five, I always looked forward for Fridays, right? Mm -hmm. Every single Friday, I was like, thank goodness, it's the weekend. <laughs> Now, you know, the only reason why I look forward to Fridays because the next day is Saturday and my fiance and I go out like and eat a ton of food on Saturday. So that's the only reason why. Mm -hmm. But 
other than that, every single day for me is something that I look forward to because what I do is what I love. And I work with my clients who I'm helping do the same as I do. And it's so, so rewarding for me to see other people achieve their goals and I'm achieving my goals as well. So um, I also have a team of five, like I, I um, like John mentioned, and now all the menial tasks that I used to do before leaving my nine to five that I didn't like doing. Now I don't have to deal with it. Yeah, now you can and pay I, somebody to do it. huh? <laughs> exactly. And I just focus yeah. on the things that's really going to grow my business and also the tasks that I really enjoy doing. No, very good. Uh, I like that. And um, OK, I, I understand, you know, you're, you're from the U.S. You know, in the U.S., I mean, what I noticed, it's not a critic, but it's uh, people are really sometimes they can really be like the hustlers, you know, like they work hard. They uh, I mean, they, they work hard on their goals. It's something I, I see and I notice. And then with um, people in Europe, there are, of course, hustlers, people who work hard in the weekends and stuff. But I, I think we are a bit more relaxed, although we apply some of the stuff that we see. Do you have any examples or people that you talk to from, from Europe on your show? And do you see a, a difference in attitude? Just I want to, to know your, your opinion on that or if you have experience with that. Yeah. So honestly, the people that I talk to, they are hustlers. All of them are, <laughs> you know, obviously they work really hard, mm -hmm. but there's a balance there. Right. And this yeah. is why we started doing this is to have more freedom. Right. And mm -hmm. that means that whenever I want to take off and spend some time with the people I love or do something that I really need to do aside from my job, then I can have that. And that's honestly why I wanted to do this lifestyle. And that's the type of people that I interview. Not to say that there's no hustle, like constant hustle. There's going to be constant hustle in the beginning. That's just not, mm -hmm. there's no shortcut to this, right? Yeah. If you're not willing to work hard, it's just not going to happen, or at least it's not going to happen as fast as you think it is. Because I think we live in a society where we think it's just instant gratification and it doesn't happen that way. But once you create a system and a brand for yourself, then it becomes a lot easier to stop hustling so much because then you could create a team for yourself and then also create the schedule that you really want for your business. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's important. And uh, one thing about that freedom is location. So um, today, okay, we, we are a bit uh, limited, but you, you are in New York right now as we speak, but do you usually travel a lot or do you... Um, you mentioned to yeah to do your podcast remotely so where do you usually travel to yeah so it's different i when um before covid when before covid uh happened i would travel most of the time for my clients right mm -hmm. and they would fly me out somewhere and i would go there do my interview or do other content creation for them yeah. so it really depends it really depends where that leads me um Otherwise, for myself, and it was actually something that I talked about um, in my podcast because I was traveling too much for work and not <laughs> for for leisure and for for me. Right. Mm -hmm. So it was interesting because I was going to try to start traveling for for myself. But then COVID happened. and You don't get to travel anywhere. <laughs> um, 
but but yeah so it really depends it really depends where my work takes me but for mm-hmm. myself when i do travel for myself um i love nature i love hiking i love uh, going to places like that especially since i'm a new yorker and it's just city over here yeah. so i'm more of a nature girl whether it's deserts mountains anything like that i really love to travel too and in terms of traveling often my fiance he's his job is not remote so i that's why i'm still in new york city yeah. if not we would be in in other areas <laughs> <laughs> okay and and you mentioned the uh, your uh, clients flying you in so that's quite nice because uh, i think uh, do you need then um, is it because of your successful following and that you have a lot of episodes or when can you start doing such things with your podcast, your blog, your projects, your online business that you start? I mean, at what time do they start? Did you do you start to get those juicy deals? So it really depends. Mm-hmm. Um, it depends on your niche and it depends on how you build your brand. And mm-hmm. I really built my brand um you know, successfully from the beginning, we were featured three months after starting our show in a pretty big publication. And then we just kept getting featured over and over again in Mm -hmm. um, more big publications. And then the audience that we also had are really what our clients were trying to reach, right? So it takes a long time and a lot of money for people to find the right audience when they're doing, for example, their ads on Instagram or Facebook. You have to spend a lot of money. Uh, but because we have a very specific audience and niche, they don't need to you know, figure that out. It's, it's right there. So because of the audience that we have, then we've attracted brands that are also attracted to the type of audience that we have. Mm-hmm. And that's really how it became that way. And in terms of flying out to different places, it was because of, again, our topic and niche that they invited us to go to different locations. And um, and that's how it turned out that way. Mm-hmm. No, no, it's a good one because I uh, had another lady on the podcast, uh, Isabel, and um, she was also getting sponsored by yeah hotel branches, etc., while she was not so big at the time. And she said, no, it's just because I was there. I talked to them and they were willing to do it. And it was a good image for them. And then, of course, she grows even more thanks to those deals. So it's it's about asking them as well. I mean, daring to ask them as well. Or did they come to you? So um, it's about 50-50. But mm-hmm. for the most part, a lot of these brands actually found us. Okay. And they were the ones that reached out to us. They wanted to work with us, but we also do pitching ourselves as well. Okay, okay. Very good. Well, Debbie, uh, I think that's uh, quite excellent. And I think it's quite uh, it's quite a lot of tips and quite a lot of um, yeah actionable uh, tips to start a, a job next to your career. In If you would summarize, if somebody today is in uh, his job and wants to start something online, because this is what we were talking about, an online business. What would your three, I mean, to summarize, what would be your three steps? Yeah. So if you want to start working online or you want to start a brand, things like that, the first thing that you need to do is figure out what it is that you actually like to do, right? Mm -hmm. And that means 
you don't need to figure that out right away. It means going out there and trying things out, creating content that you feel really drawn to, talking to people who are in that industry that are doing it well, and maybe creating a community for yourself so you're surrounded by those type of people so that you can become motivated, right? And you get Mm -hmm. realistic advice, not from people who don't do it, but go to people who do do it and do it well, um, but can give you really good um, and solid information. The next thing that you need to do is to make sure that you are at it, right? You're consistent and you're persistent and you're dedicated because if you're not, then it's going to fizzle pretty damn fast. It just doesn't happen overnight. And Mm -hmm. you have to understand that anything that's worth anything takes time. And um, if you see anyone that looks like they succeeded really fast, it's most likely because they've failed so many times before that. And the third thing that you need to do is to not be afraid to invest in yourself. I think a lot of people feel like they can Google everything. <laughs> you can definitely <laughs> do that. And I thought everything that I free. Did, yeah, everything <laughs> is for free, right? But you also have to see what's that what that is going to cost you. Free also means that the information that you're getting is not going to be the same caliber as if you're paying for somebody who's going to mentor you who has done it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and not to say you can't do that, but it's going to take you quite some time and also a lot of money, more money that you probably would have spent than just um, investing in someone who can really help you in in that industry. Yeah. So when I actually did that, that's when I started making more money. So <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely highly recommend um, investing in yourself. Mm-hmm. No, very good. And I like the community part because that, that's, I think, uh, something I can relate to uh, as a, you know, when I said, started to say around me, yeah, I'm, I'm doing a podcast on money. Uh, okay, podcast. How do you do that? How do you listen to it? I mean, people were not, <laughs> I know that uh, one guy at work, he said, okay, I installed the uh, Apple podcast because of you. I mean, otherwise I would never listen to a podcast. So, so it, it, it can take time. And of course it, it's it can feel lonely i mean it was okay i had a community kind of but but yeah it it can feel lonely because people will not necessarily understand what you do yeah absolutely and that's why the podcast that i created has really allowed me to build that community that mm-hmm. has helped me grow and i've met my best friends through this podcast and it's honestly Honestly, one of the best things that has come from from my show are the people that I've met in the community that I have built from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have some uh, good benefits from it as well, but I will leave that for a uh, next episode. Anyway, Debbie, uh, I think um, yeah, I want to <laughs> thank you for uh, these valuable tips. Uh, but before we leave, of course, we have our three quick fire questions. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Very good. Well, we didn't really talk much about uh, money and investing, although you mentioned investing. So uh, what has been your best investment so far? The best investment that I've done so far was investing in a coach who knew what they were doing um, (laughs) because it saved me so much time and headache and also money when I finally um, got a coach who knew what they were doing and it helped me out so much with my business. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Question number two, 
What is uh, your favorite book or a book you can recommend to anyone? Yeah, so I have a few. Um, one of them is Millionaire Mindset by T. Harv Eker. Mm -hmm. He is incredible. My fiance and I actually like listen to that whenever we have long drives because it talks about your money mindset and how you really need to think about money in a different way. And of course, the Digital Nomad and Remote Workers Bible, Tim Ferriss' Four Hour Work Week. <laughs> I love, you know. And the last one is How to Create Friends and Influence People. I think is one of the best books that anyone, whether you have a business or not, should really read. It is an incredible book to to have and to um, really lose yourself in. Yeah, I think you you mentioned two of, of three of my favorite books, probably. So the four hour work week and the how to win friends and influence people. Really, I love those books. So, um, yeah, last question to you. Uh, what is the best purchase you've made for under $100, Debbie? For under a hundred dollars, hmm, I think it's gonna be my mic <laughs> for <laughs> for my podcast. It's under a hundred dollars. It's lasted me for over three years since I've started the show. It's given me really good audio, and this is really where my bread and butter is: is this uh, mic and this podcast. So, yeah, best investment yet. <laughs> Excellent ROI. Okay, very good. So, Debbie, of course, we we talk about your podcast. So, where can the listeners find you? Absolutely. So yeah, you can all find me at theoffbeatlife.com. It has a ton of free resource there for people who want to start working remotely, um, who wants to find an online job or start your own brand. Uh, you can find me there and you can also listen to our podcast. And for listeners that you have, John, that are really interested and really want to invest in themselves in trying to build a brand and create income before they even leave their nine to five, they can also reach me at collab at theoffbeatlife.com mm -hmm. and I can help you with that as well. Okay, very good. I'll uh, link all of the all of the contact details in the show notes uh, and you're on Instagram and uh, Twitter as well? Yes, I am mostly on Instagram and Clubhouse. Oh, Clubhouse. <laughs> wow, you're so trendy. And no TikTok? <laughs> <laughs> no, not on TikTok. Not Didn't on TikTok. get into that, um, but more of a clubhouse person and I'm, I'm more interested in um, giving information in, in that sense. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Very good. Okay, Debbie. So thanks again so much for uh, coming on the show. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much, John. This was so much fun. I really appreciate you having me here. I hope that you enjoyed this episode and that you learned something from it. And if you find it useful, please make sure you share it with a friend or you can also rate the show in your favorite podcast app. This will help the show to grow. So if you do so, thank you very much. And now let's go through the key takeaways. Number one, the environment in which you grow up really affects your money mindset. It sometimes takes a dramatic event for someone to realize there might be another way to look at things. For Debbie, the shift came from the panic attacks and unhappiness at her job. Number two, even if your work is great and the environment is positive, do not feel guilty or ungrateful. It's okay not to be okay with this. It is about finding what you want to do and how you want to do it. Maybe that's remotely for you. Maybe you want to use your creative side more or analytical side, who knows? So it's about finding what you want to do and how you want to do it. Number three, your first attempt at creating a business can fail. Be prepared for mistakes and failures. Don't treat it like a hobby. But on the other hand, do not focus solely on the money. If you're not passionate about it, you will get bored. Start while you are in your job to mitigate the risk. If you fail on your side hustle, it will not be that dramatic. 
Some people should actually stay in their 9 to 5, while some should work remotely or leave their jobs. I mean, this is not for everyone, but at least give it a try if that's what you want to do. Number 4. How to become successful Well, if you can work on the thing you're passionate about, and you can manage to create systems to monetize it, this is where magic will happen. So be creative on the monetization part and create multiple streams of income. Creating and building a brand is key as well to become an authority in your field. And yes, amigos, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but there are no shortcuts. If you want to be successful with your online business, you will have to work hard, especially in the beginning, and you will need to be consistent. I think Debbie insisted quite a lot on that. So yeah, it's hard work, but then at a later stage, you will be able to start to delegate some tasks. So it will become easier. But first, the blood, sweat and tears. And last but not least, let's end with the three steps to start your online business. One, figure out what it is you like to do. Go out there and try things out. Number two, create or join a community so you get realistic advice by people who actually understand what you're doing. Number three, do not be afraid to invest in yourself. Google will only get you so far and you will lose precious time outside of your 9 to 5 trying to figure things out by yourself. So that was it for today. Thank you so much for listening. It really means a lot to me. Make sure you subscribe in Apple Podcast. And of course, please do not hesitate to contact me. If you have any questions or feedback, send me an email, john at johnnytalks.com or connect through social media at johnnytalks on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And amigos, once more, thanks so much for listening and I'll speak to you next time.